Gilbert Gottfried. Hi. This is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. And we're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Our first episode with this week's guest was so well-received, we decided to have him back for another round of totally unfounded rumors. He's a, <laughs> he's a comedian, actor, and a familiar face on TV for decades, appearing on shows like The Patty Duke Show, The Andy Griffith Show, That Girl, Love American Style, Sanford and Son, The Love Boat, Mork and Mindy, Coach, and Yes, Dear, just to name a few. He's also starred in his own series, Good Morning World, but is best known as Jim Neighbors' pal Duke Slater on the long-running comedy Gomer Pyle USMC. And who was the the young lady who who played my girlfriend in uh, Good Morning World? Did I talk about that? Oh, yes, you did, Miss Hahn. Miss Goldie Hahn. Oh, that's right. What the hell ever happened? Whatever happened to her? Yes. (laughs) Now, can I continue? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, go ahead. It's your your show. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be one of those. Feature films include The World's Strongest Man, The Shaggy DA, Love at First Bite, The Devil and Max Devlin, Fatal Instinct, and How to Beat the High Cost of Living. He's yes. also headlined in nightclubs and Vegas showrooms. And still do. Still do. <laughs> and done and done voices in Captain Caveman, The Smurfs, Fred Flintstone and Friends, DuckTales mm-hmm. and Rugrats. Right. I was Oh, by the way. Yes. <laughs> since <laughs> Since we're giving credits here, oh. since my good friend Don Rickles passed away, I am now, seriously, the oldest regular comedian working in Las Vegas. Regular, not guest shots like Shecky Green or somebody like that. Oh, that's cool but I'm stuff. I'm the oldest. Continue. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> There's only one more paragraph, Ron. In, in a six-year, de- in a six-year. Decade. <laughs> you've, been, you've been in this business for six years to, now. It's accomplished a yeah, lot. Six yeah, six years. <laughs> okay. it's, been mighty lone, it's been mighty lonely at the middle. Yes. In his six-decade career, he's worked with some of the biggest names in the entertainment business, including Johnny Carson, Carol Burnett, the Smothers Brothers, Goldie Hawn, George Siegel, Tim Conway, Rodney Dangerfield, and Groucho Marx. Right. But, oddly enough, not Alan Ladd. (laughs) Please welcome to the podcast, straight from a helicopter circling Irene Dunn's house, one of our favorite guests and America's slowest rising young comedian. Old comedian now. Ronnie Shell. Well, Frank and Gilbert, it's good to be back. It really is. I'm serious. I had a, believe it or not, I know you won't believe this, but people do listen to this show. And I got a lot of great compliments on, on, on my last appearance. They didn't say much about you guys, but they really love <laughs> How many is a work. lot, Ronnie? How many is a lot? Three. Okay. <laughs> you know, since, since you were on the last time, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if my lawyer will let me talk about it, but former Charlie's Angel, Cheryl Ladd, Uh-oh. who is the uh, daughter-in-law That's right. of a fine leading, Hollywood leading man, <laughs> Alan Ladd. I think yes. she's the ex-daughter-in-law. Yes, ex-daughter-in-law. ex-daughter-in-law. Yeah. Okay. Now, can you please, uh, for those of us who aren't familiar with this rumor about very handsome leading man, Alan Ladd, <laughs> Uh, what was the rumor? He, I know he was very short. Yes, he was so short when it was rain. When it rained, he was always the last one to know. Did you know that? <laughs> when he was in elevators, he smelled things differently. <laughs> oh lordy! Oh, I remember one time he was on Sunset Boulevard. Had Bud Lucky. He, he he walked under a black cat. <laughs> That's it. That's the extent of my that is short jokes. That's very no, short. I was a fan. I was a fan of his. Is yes. Cheryl? Is Cheryl pissed off? No, no. No, he's just funning. No, he doesn't can, know Cheryl Ladd. No. Can, so can you please tell us that story? You want me to tell you the story again? Yes. Now that's that's the only one that's apocryphal. Okay. Everything else I tell you actually happened. My Mickey Rooney, my Don Rickles, now, all the other stuff. Now apocryphal. He used to be married to. Uh, Jackie Kennedy, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Actually, uh, <laughs> I think he was married to Anne Blythe. <laughs> I love an Anne Blythe. Tell reference. us the story again. <laughs> well, the rumor was, and again, this is an apocryphal show. Uh, that was that movie that um, Francis Ford Coppola apocryphal did. Now? Yes. <laughs> oh, apocryphal now? Yes. Apocryphal, yeah. That's right. <laughs> And what's this thing about uh, Alec Baldwin calling uh, calling uh, 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 Harrison Ford a shrimp? Did you hear about oh, that? Oh yeah, no, yeah, I yeah, didn't I, hear this yeah, one. I did. But first, tell us the Alan Ladd story again. You don't want to hear about shrimps? Okay. No. <laughs> here's <laughs> here's the story. It's apocryphal. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Here's what happened during uh, 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 some of the uh, latter days before he sobered up. He used to get very intoxicated, and <laughs> Alan he Lyle. and uh, yeah, and he and Scott Brady's brother—I forget—he uh, <laughs> was also a, an actor. And they used to go down to the to, to the garbage where they pour garbage. Uh-huh. The dump. Used yes. to pour garbage, dump yeah. garbage with the guy. He would do that with this guy. This uh, I know you know him, Scott Brady's brother. What what was he in? Movies. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I know you know him. Anyway, so the story is he would. <laughs> he, had, he had definite sexual deviations, and uh, he would hire like ten, uh, ten actresses, <laughs> usually you know just girls, uh, and they would form a circle, and he would take all his clothes off. And they'd put a live chicken right in front of him, <laughs> and the girls would start dancing around, singing, <laughs> you've simply got to fuck that chicken! <laughs> <laughs> Until, and I, I don't know if he did fuck the chicken, but that's the story. Yes. And I, I think the funny part of it is you simply. Yeah, that's simply, the best part. Simply. That's, that's the best the part. Best part. Yeah. And so, and all these girls sounded like Margaret Dumont. Margaret Dumont, yes. He did sound a little. You know Margaret Dumont, Francis Bobbier. Do you, do you know? 
Do you know that Margaret Dumont never realized how funny Groucho was? That's yeah. What, that's what got, they say. Yeah. Well, they're, they're right. You know, Ron, anyway. you, talk, you were talking about the feedback that you got from the episode. Ever since you were on and you told the chicken story, on our social media, on our Facebook pages and our, and our Twitter account, people are sending chicken videos. They're sending <laughs> chicken India, <laughs> chicken Photoshop, chicken art. I have to send some of it to you. Well, well I, I hope you do, but I don't really know if – I hate to bring this up. I don't know if you, uh, a man can fuck a chicken. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think somebody got busted last week. One of our fans oh. sent us a story about a guy who got arrested for trying to have sex with a chicken. Oh, that's right. It was in the news here last but week. But in old fairness, maybe got he it was from, trying to. Maybe yeah. got it from your show. Maybe. Could he? <laughs> Did he have, were there, waitre, uh, were there waitresses, were there girls hired to dance around him? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think a guy can, I think a guy can get a blowjob from a chicken. Are you sure about yes. this? Yeah. <laughs> but, it, read, <laughs> but it has to be very delicate. Okay. you know, they have beaks. They have beaks. Now, you worked on Mitzta Belvedere. Yeah. Okay. With, with this is a story no. that I heard. Okay. I was once doing an appearance on some TV show, and on the I saw lot, it. I saw it. On the same lot, they were filming Mr. Belvedere. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this announcement went all through the lot that Mr. Belvedere, Christopher Hewitt, had to be rushed to the hospital because he, yes. he, he, he accidentally sat on his balls. <laughs> Too hung low. <laughs> Isn't that, that is interesting because uh, this is a true story, and I know I won't get I won't get in trouble for this because this was 25 years ago. But I used to be in a therapy class with a guy, and he he came. He, we all talked, you know, about your problems. And he said, "Well, I had a terrible problem. I stuck a light bulb up my ass." Can you believe that? Now, how do you get off on that? Anyway, I just wow. thought I'd bring that up. But yeah, so I imagine Christopher Hewitt must have had those really sagging testicles if he could he was, sit on he, them. Yeah, but he was a great guy. I think he. <laughs> well, that's what matters. I think he might have been. I think he might have walked on the other side of the street. I see. <laughs> I see. Uh, now he always struck me as a pussy hound. No. No, no. Okay, so Ronnie, you have no the official. Other guy that was on there, Bob Euchre. Oh yeah, Bob uh, Euchre oh, was on yes. there. Funny guy. Great now, guy. Oh, Very funny. I did this? a movie with him. You probably don't okay. know about it. Go ahead, tell us. The what movie. was the movie? Fatal, not Fatal Instinct, but Fatal something. The one with uh, Carl Reiner directed it. It was the last movie that Carl Reiner. Yeah, directed. Fatal Instinct with Sean Young. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and, and that that uh, Armando Santi. Oh, yes, yes. Armando Santi. Where is I he was, now? I played the uh, on the train. Uh, I played the um, uh, what's the guy that comes around and take your tickets? Um, conductor. I was a conductor, and also I was in court. That's and the right. judge was Tony Randall. Oh, oh wow! Yes, indeed, he was yeah. in that too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were in that. I also did a movie leading up to another story. Okay. I also did a movie called, and this is true. Now, from now on, this is the truth because I have witnesses. Okay. I did. I did a wonderful movie called uh, the. 
It was for Roger Corman. It was called The Revenge of the Red Baron. Oh, this is the one with Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney, Lorraine Newman, a very good friend of mine. Oh, we love Lorraine. Sure you... Oh, she oh, was she's... in Problem Child 2 with me. She was on this very podcast. Yes. Did she mention me? She did not, sadly. Fuck her. She mentioned <laughs> she mentioned Alan Ladd a lot. Of to be you, it's balls. <laughs> did she go down on him or up on him? Or... Anyway, so so naturally, uh, I, I love Mickey. I think Mickey Rooney was one of the great actors of our time, and uh, he was crazy. And so this is a true story. Uh, we all we all sat around one afternoon, not dancing or anything like that with the crew and I always sat right next to him because I wanted to hear stories about Louis B. Mayer and all, and uh, and uh, uh, Louis B. Louis Stone and all those people and uh, so he had just become a born-again Christian I don't know if you guys remember that when he got real religious I don't think I knew that did no. you know that Gil? oh yes yes definitely so you can check on this Okay. In fact, I wish you'd check on it while I'm telling this story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want it to be verified. So anyway, so I'm sitting next to him, and he's he's got all the crew. Crew. Those are my proof. The crew were sitting there in the afternoon, and he said, I hope that you all have been born again and taken the Lord to your body, because I am now a true Christian, and I love God and everything it stands for, and and." I think it's important that we all become Christians before we die so we can see the everlasting heaven. And just then, two extras, girls walk by, and he says, and I think, look at the tits on that broad over there. I'd like to climb those mountains. True story. Now, I heard, uh, I heard a Mickey Rooney story. Well, let's hear it. That he was doing, like, some show somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and it was very common knowledge. It was a common practice that Mickey Rooney would do, because like all of them would say, "Come on, Mickey's doing it again. Let's go watch." And what Mickey Rooney would do is he would go to like a hallway phone or his dressing room phone, mm-hmm. get on the phone with his wife, mm-hmm. and which start- one? He had eight of them. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, one, one, maybe all of them, <laughs> and. and and he would say, oh, I love you, darling. I just want to want you to know how much I miss you and how much I... And while he'd be doing this, he'd either be fucking or getting blown by some girl. <laughs> and and he would gather all the cast and crew oh, to Lord. watch it, and they'd be all, like, applauding. Is and, that right? Yeah. He'd no, be, I did not know that yeah, story. Yeah, he'd be fucking some girl or having a girl <laughs> blow him. And he'd be talking to his wife going, oh, you're, you're the most important thing to me. <laughs> well, you know who used to do that? You know the French doors where the, where you can divide a door up and down? Uh, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Milton Berle. <laughs> <laughs> Milton Berle used to stand and give orders while he was being blown on the bottom. Part, <laughs> and no one would see it. That's true. By the way, he had a biggie. Oh now, yeah, have yeah you this, have, there are rumors. Have you ever seen Milton Berle's cock? No, I never saw it. I wanted to, but I never. I've dreamt about it, but no, I, I never. I never have. But uh, when I met him, when I, I met him up in uh, Lake Tahoe one afternoon, and then I got to know him uh, pretty well. Not 
really great. But he said, my name is uh, Milton. I can't remember his true name. Oh, Milton You'd, Berlinger, I think. Yeah, Berlinger. Yeah. No, no. I think it, it yes, was that's Berlinger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you'd know that because he was Jewish. And uh, <laughs> so he said, uh, he said, I'm. Milton uh, Berle was Jewish? <laughs> that's a oh, shock. Yeah. I just found this Amazing out. since you guys have little dicks. <laughs> Except for Eddie Fisher. Eddie Fisher had a big dick? Yeah. Wow. I never heard this about Eddie Fisher. He well, had now a big you know. Dick. That's not apocryphal. And then someone else told us on this show that Jan Murray had a big dick. Well, yeah, God. I heard that too. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, well, I knew all the big dicks because I worked with a singer who <coughs> had most of them. I'm not going to mention her name. I want to get in trouble. <laughs> Bobby Bobby Rydell told us Guy Marks. Was, oh yes, was well, yeah, Guy Marks had a big well one. You notice they're all Jewish. <laughs> Think about it. Uh, of course, the giant was the giant was uh, Forrest Tucker. Of course. Oh yeah, they said he used Forrest to Tucker had a big hit game. golf balls with his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I thought I was going to do the humor here. <laughs> By yeah, they, you mean Richard Tucker. Kind. Yes. <laughs> oh, Richard. You have Richard on the show? Yeah, Richard's been on twice. We love him. Why Why do you have him on twice and me? Oh, that's right. I am twice. Yeah, you're yeah. twice um, too. Richard Kind uh, is a friend of mine, and he every time he comes out to the West Coast, he comes to have coffee with us and tell us about his credits. <laughs> I love him. No, you can tell him I said that. I love him. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a Broadway show next week. I'm going to do... Two days in Britain, and then I come back and go to Australia. I love him. Good guy. Have two lo- lovely kids. They're three. Sweet guy. Yeah. <laughs> how, do we, how do we get into a, this Richard Kind? Oh, who else? Oh, well, you, go ahead. you want to know the little ones? Oh, yes, yeah. Little dicks. Yeah. I'm, I'm only going to mention two. Okay. <laughs> Present Ron, company he takes excluded. A sip from his drink. <laughs> Present company excluded. I heard that you're going to be surprised. Oh, Lee Marvin. No, really. That's what, I, that's what I don't want to me. believe that one. I don't either. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. You think I? You think I wanted to believe that Robert Mitchum had a little one? Who? Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum had a little dick. That's what this girl told me. Oh no. That's that's one of my favorite actors. Don't go away. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. I'm going away. Stop it, you. (laughs) Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Gail and Frank went out to pee. Now they're back so they can be on their amazing colossal podcast. Podcast. Kids, time to get back to Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal podcast. So let's go. Now, you started to tell us about the mob because Gilbert Gilbert loves to ask comics about the nightclub, the, the old Vegas and the old nightclub days. And, and well, you, you said you had some experiences. 
probably every club I worked, and a lot were back in New York, mm -hmm. was owned by the mafia. Uh, I worked in Chicago. I won't mention the name of the room, but it was very popular on, on uh, Rush Street in Chicago. And uh, when I, I, when, the day I arrived, because I, I worked with a wonderful singer. I can't think of her name. I think it was, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so when I arrived, I found out that the owner, I do that in quotes because there wasn't, the owner was a front, had been, had been murdered and found in a trunk in front of the hotel, uh, front of the, the, uh, the, it was called the, I can't remember. Anyway, they found it. So I was scared to start up. So I came and I went to did the, did the show and in the back, was a group of elderly Italian men who just sat there all the time. And finally I said to the manager, I said, who are those guys sitting there all the time? And he said, don't mention it and don't look at them. <laughs> and they were actually the mob that would come in and sit there and I don't know if they'd enjoy the show, but th they were there every night. So that was uh, a, a, an example. Then there was a guy named Manny Scar who, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell this, he was, he was a great little guy. He was very nice to me, and, and he was head of the mafia, but he was Jewish, you know? Manny Scar. And Manny Scar. I, he, he was later machine-gunned in front of his house. Anyway, so he, one night after the show, uh, he, he came in and said, Ronnie, hey, you want to go to breakfast? We're going to, out by the airport. I've got a new room I'm opening up there. And I said, yeah. Naturally, I wouldn't say no. So he took 15 of us from a couple of rooms, and uh, we went out there. And it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and we ordered breakfast, eggs. And <laughs> this is actually, it was sort of embarrassing. We're starting to eat, and in walks the waiter with eggs. And Manny Scar tastes it. These fucking eggs are cold. And he got up and beat the shit out of this little waiter while 14 of us played like it's not happening. Because if we got in, a, you know, in, in, into it, he'd beat the shit out of us. Wow. Now, that, that is a true story. Wow. You, you expected a punchline. There is no punchline. That's a true story. Wow. That is a good one. Are you glad you missed, you missed the mob era of, of, uh, of, of nightclubs, Gil? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. The mob treated entertainers great. That's what I, we hear. Yeah. I, I've heard when, every... I first met, when I first – oh, this is a true story. When I first, um, I won't mention the name of the hotel, but I first, but it was, I opened for Wayne Newton. And uh, across the street, I was single then, and across the street, they were rehearsing a, uh, a pizzazz, they used to call it pizzazz, at the, um, the hotel, and I can't think of the name of it, it's no longer there. But so I went over in the afternoon after opening night, I felt good, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm watching these girls rehearse, hoping to nab one myself. And uh, this guy sits down next to me, and he said, you're on his show, aren't you? And I said, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was there opening night. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, good to see you. I said, well, thank you, thank you. He said, uh, write me a check for uh, 15%. I said, pardon me? Write me a check for 15% every week. I said, uh, uh, no, you don't understand. I, I have an agent, William Morris, and, and I pay Write me a check for 15% or you don't work. I wrote him a check for 15% for the first 
three engagements I had in Vegas because that's uh, that was the end of an era. But that was wow, and I gladly played it, paid it because you know if anybody uh, troubled me, all I had to do was go and say, "Hey, Maury, guys, giving me a bad time," and that would be the end of it for them. That's a true story. Everybody that's come on this show, Ronnie, that 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 had any kind of experience with the mob tells us the same story, which is how well they were, yeah, how well they were treated, and they, how they never had any issues. They loved the mob. Didn't you ever work uh, in Vegas uh, in your career? I I have, but I don't. Not think you, I... Frank. Have you oh, no, no. worked in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're. <laughs> No, uh, I wonder if you ever worked, uh, got, uh, Gilbert, if you ever worked with uh, the boys, because they were right in there. To, you never did, Gil. I don't think ever directly. No? I mean, who knows? It's well, you know, uh, Carl Cohen, another Jewish guy, was in charge of the, of, uh, the Sands and the uh, uh, Caesar's Palace when I worked there. I worked there with Carol Burnett, her only engagement in Vegas. And anyway, so... I was told a story about Frank Sinatra, and that's a guy. Carl Cohn is a guy who cold-cocked Sinatra when Sinatra wanted to gamble more than he had, and, and Carl Cohen came and said, "No, no, no, you know, you you've done your limit." He said, "Don't tell me," and he said some anti-Semitic remark. I I'm sure it was just in his anger, and Carl Cohen cold-cocked him, knocked his teeth down, and. Frank Sinatra had about eight guys with him, and they started toward Carl Cohen, and Carl Cohen had 12 guys behind him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Incredible. And, and Sinatra said, to his credit, Sinatra said, I warn you, never hit a Jew in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's now, you were going to tell us about your friend Don Rickles, who we just lost. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you guys can explain this, maybe. I, I worked... Uh, there used to be a club uh, in Hollywood called Slate Brothers. You never worked there, did you? Gilbert? Slate uh, Brothers. No. No, on La Cienega. So. Yeah, how did you know about that? Uh, because I, I study up on this kind of shit, Ron. Oh, good for you. Yeah. 19, 1959, I came down from San Francisco, and I worked for the Slate Brothers. I opened for uh, Jack Jones Oh. And a, and a bunch of other people, uh, uh, some girl, Montgomery. Uh, anyway, anyway. So... And Rickles came from uh, either, I don't know, Baltimore or someplace from back east here. And maybe it was New York. And uh, and he and I he were the only, <clears throat> of course, he was headlining. I was in the basement. But uh, he was, uh, he be, and I became very good friends. Then I did, uh, he did a go- guest shot on Gomer Pyle. And we saddled up and we were very good friends. Uh, and then we... Did that? Jim Neighbors had a, a, a variety show. Oh yeah, I'm sure you. Yeah, Jim Neighbors Hour, the Jim Neighbors Hour, and I, I worked twice with him there. And I used to hang around with him. Uh, or this is early on, uh, when when uh, comics worked, they would always go and have coffee somewhere. And Rickles was always just great to me. It was great to me. I remember one night, uh, in this you can see this on on. TV because somebody told me they saw it on TV recently that we did a uh, a roast for Don Adams. Oh yeah, that was ne- next to Newhart, uh, 
that was his best friend, Don Adams. They started together back sure. east. And so uh, we're all up in the DS, and I'm right by the microphone. Uh, luckily, I don't. I forget. Uh, Gary Owens was the MC, and James Kahn was there, and uh, a bunch of other people. And so, uh, just to show you how great his memory was, and Rickles was sitting way in the back. And uh, so when it was my turn, I opened up and I said, "Hi, I'm uh, Ronnie Shell, and I will tell you that uh, before I start, that I'll be opening at Basin Street West on March 19th." That's three weeks, and I hope you'll all be here to see me in Palm Springs. And now we had all these guys come up and do all this thing. And at the end, an hour and a half later, and here's Rickles. And Rickles got up, and he was standing next to me, and I was sitting in the room, and he said, Hi, I'm Don Rickles, and I'll tell you where I won't be on March 19th. <laughs> he remembered. <laughs> that was just one. Then uh, uh, Newhart... <coughs> Tells a great story. I can't do it justice because Newhart was there when, when, <coughs> when. Uh, excuse me, Bob, for telling you. Because you're probably not listening. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not. <laughs> uh, when he was first starting at the Sahara, remember he played the lounge. And uh, why would you know? You weren't born there. <laughs> and anyway, so he was. He was. Uh, so Bob was going to take his lovely wife, great lady. I can't think of her name right now. Ginny. To see Rickles. And, uh, and, and he warned his wife. He said, no, be careful because he's going to lamp into us. And he, he holds no, takes no prisoners, but he's funny. So just before Rickles came on stage, Bob looks over in the corner by the exit and he sees this guy sitting there with a divot in his jaw, you know, what do you call in a, a, a t serious jaw for replacement? Not good at all. <laughs> so in, in comes Rickles and he works an hour and a half. Does not mention this guy by the exit for the divot. And at the end of his show, he walks toward the exit and he says, thank you. You've been a great audience. He walks past the guy and says, and by the way, nobody notices. <laughs> Right. Newhart tells that story. Newhart tells that story. And I probably asked you this the last time, but do you have any stories about working with Groucho Marx? Not, not, nothing really funny. I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I did You Bet Your Life. What happened was, I didn't tell this how I got on it? I think you told this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go over that. Or, or I'll, I'll tell it again because I'd like to hear it. Um, <laughs> I was working at <laughs> I was working at the Purple Onion with uh, Phyllis, and uh, so uh, the uh, producer can't even think of his name sent uh, George Fenneman, who was from San Francisco, up to see if Phyllis would come and do the Groucho Marx show. So I went up. I, they went up and turned, and and she said yes. And then he turned to me and he said, "Did you go to San Francisco State?" I said yes. And he said, "Well, I went there 15 years ago." I said, "Oh yeah, good." He said, would you like to do the show? And I said, oh, yeah, I'd like to. How? He said, well, we got to give a niche for you, you know, some kind of a – how about if you were a, a beatnik expert? Well, I didn't know anything about beatniks. So I said, no, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. So she was on the first week, and then uh, two weeks later I was on. And uh, <laughs> I'll just 
briefly tell you what the director said. I said, uh, now, uh, you know, I am a comedian, so I've got a few comedy things I like to throw in. Do you mind? He said, not at all, but just remember, Groucho is the star. This is film, and we can cut you out very easily. (laughs) (laughs) So I was on my best behavior, and uh, the show went very well. I won $600 because the, the duck came out. And, yeah, it's uh, still on YouTube. I, you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. I tried to make out with this singer. No luck. Girl. <laughs> girl. She was cute. Good singer. Now, wh- why doesn't Shelly Berman like you? How'd you know that? <laughs> I found it in an interview. From him? No, with you. Me? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't like me. Yeah, that's what that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 not well. He's not well. Yeah, so that's I, what we hear. I'm not going to say anything uh, bad about him, but, you know, to this day, I don't know. I, I just remember we, we were together. He would ignore me in front. So I went up to him, and I said, Shelly, come on. What what have I done? He said, never mind. Oh, never mind. And they walked away. I never found out. And now I think it's too late because he's not well at all. Yeah. yeah but uh, – he was he he when he started he was dynamic. Yes, very funny. Well, didn't he very think Newhart funny. stole from him? Yes, because they thought everybody did the stole. Telephone. I, that's that's what I think happened. I think I stole. Uh, or, <laughs> I think he thought I stole some material from him, and and you know in those days I probably did. I don't remember, but um, but he he never forgave me. Uh, the only other guy I never got along with was uh, uh, Shirley Jones' second husband. Oh, Marty. Marty Ingalls. I never got along with him at all. We almost fought once in, uh, uh, in a, on a radio show back in L.A. He was, he was tough. He was tough. I, but, I, I but remember. Someone said, to, a lot of people said, Shirley, why did you, why did you marry Marty? Because he was not liked. And she said, uh, he makes me laugh. He did. Yeah, she's did always. You think he was, did you think he was funny? Gil? Oh, did you think Marty Ingalls was funny? <laughs> it's, Come on, be it's, honest. Is Marty Ingalls dying? <laughs> no, he's, he's gone. We lost Marty. He died. Oh, <laughs> Marty's, oh, so I can't. Marty's realize. gone. I never. Yeah, I never got it with him. There you go. Yeah. Shirley thought and, he was hilarious, and, but the you know, first husband was really funny, Jack. Cassidy. Jack Cassidy. Yeah, we oh, talked yeah. about him last time. Do you want to ask? Not that? as not as funny as his son, but he was hilarious. But I'm talking I, about. I just remember because you were talking about, we were talking about Shelley Berman, angry that Bob Newhart stole, and there were a bunch of comedians around mm-hmm. the same time who yes. used to put their fist against their between their ear and their mouth and do phone call bits. Oh yeah, well, uh, Newhart and uh, and Shelley. And, and Shelley before was for them. Was it Sam George, Levinson do that? Uh, Georgie Jessel. Georgie also. Jessel did it. Yeah. Hello, Mama. Oh, that's right. Of yeah, course. Mama. Yeah, Georgie Jessel. He. Um, you, did I tell you that? You know, at, at Hillcrest, which is the predominantly Jewish uh, country club, only started because the Gentiles had one in Toluca Lake, and so they needed to, you know, have their own. This is back in the '30s. And uh, someone told me, I can't can't think who it was, someone told me that they would have lunch all together, uh, George Burns, uh, um, Jack Benny, uh, all these guys, uh, uh, um, Jan Murray, Big Dick, 
Uh, <laughs> and all these guys. And do you know who he said was the funniest of them all off stage? Nope. Yeah. George Jessel. Really? Wow. Funnier than I Benny. Funnier than Benny. Yeah. Benny used to just sit and laugh. But um, Jessel would absolutely destroy everybody sitting there at the uh, table. There's some names of people Gilbert wanted to ask. You wanted to ask Ronnie about Sid Melton. Oh, my God, oh, I love yes. little Sid. I love it. He did a couple of Gomer Piles. Yeah, he never he 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 never married. Uh, he uh, always worked, and he had a dog. <laughs> That's all I know about him. <laughs> you knew that I dog? With- uh, <laughs> yes, yes. I once met him and met his dog. <laughs> oh, did you meet his dog? Yeah, he had this broken down house near the airport. That's probably true. Yeah, I, I never went to his house, I, but he he was a very very good guy. And you know he worked all the time. Yeah, funny guy. And and he used to be a regular on with Danny Thomas. Direct. Yeah, Danny Thomas. Yeah. Do you um, know any Danny Thomas stories? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Look at his reaction. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. A, Danny was. I can't complain because he was very very nice to me. Uh, well, I wasn't complaining either. And you know but, I was a I was uh, uh, here and there on the uh, Marlo Thomas show. That girl, right? You were, yeah, you were, Harvey, her you were Harvey Peck. Yeah, Harvey. Very good. And um, so, and I got along with her well. In fact, when my two kids were born uh, around that time, until they, until she uh, married uh, Bill Donahue. Guy, Bill Donahue. Yeah. She used to send me Christmas cards to my kids saying, Aunt, uh, Aunt Marlo. And I, I have nothing against her. She was great. And good little actress. Yes, absolutely. What about Jesse White? I love Jesse. He had a glass eye. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah one is... time I said, uh, can you use me again? He said, I'll keep an eye out for you. <laughs> but uh, it's terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he never he never cared. But he was, yes, I worked with him on a – first time I ever worked with him was on uh, uh, Campbell's Frozen Soup commercial. We did it in a, uh, in a, a freezer with uh, and the director was Carl Reiner. Wow! Oh, jeez! Yeah. We just Whoa, had I Carl did. on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's about eighty four or ninety. No, 90, 90, ninety-six, I think. Yeah. Do you, did he tell you that he and uh, Mel Brooks have get together every night? Every night. Sure. Yeah. 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 And watch t- uh, watch movies. Now, Gil, you wanted to ask. Did you want to ask Ronnie about the Devil and Max Devlin and uh, working with yes, Bill Cosby? Yes. What was it like for you working with Bill Cosby? Gil, uh, Bill was always nice to me. He worked up in uh, San Francisco a lot when I was living there. And um, I thought he was very funny. But if you watch The Devil and Max Devlin, he plays a, a devil who's never, never seen. You remember that? Or did you see it? Yeah, uh, years, years ago. ago. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, me too. in every scene that he comes in, I don't know how they missed this out. He's wearing the, he goes to a construction site and he's wearing a construction hat and everything like that. Why? Nobody sees him. He's a ghost. <laughs> but if you see the devil in Max Devlin, that's exactly what uh, what he always wore. Always. And uh, I can't say anything about, And oh, thank you. Is that a beer? Uh, I can't say anything against him. I guess he's in trouble, but uh, he was always funny. Uh, 
And uh, tell, I just got along with him. Tell, tell Ronnie your Asian models uh, thing about okay. Bill. He'll he, enjoy this. Yeah, here's He'll a, enjoy this, Ron. Here's okay, a story. maybe I will or maybe I won't. Okay. okay. <laughs> no pressure. Here's a story I heard from one of the Is writers. this apocryphal? Is this apocryphal? <laughs> <laughs> and, and according to one of the writers on one of the Cosby shows, he said Cosby would set aside an hour out of each day, like, you know, starting at 2.30 or whatever, and that he would teach a, a comedy class to Asian wow. models. <laughs> Why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's wild. And uh, I wonder if there was an ulterior motive. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, I can't either. <laughs> Have you ever I... met a funny Asian? <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of friends that are Asian, but they're not very funny. <laughs> well, that's, that's and of why course they have peripheral vision, so they can't. Uh, oh no, I I'm kidding. I'm Pat Morita. Well, well that's, that's I worked with Pat Morita. Okay, the hip nip. We uh, we worked at a place. He was from Sacramento, near where I was born, and uh, he used to come uh, uh, work a a place in L.A. where I worked called the Horn, and he he was big on the booze. <laughs> and uh, but very funny, and so I used to do a show that I produced at my alma mater every year, and I'd get everybody that was available. I don't know where you were, because I had everybody. I had Corman and all these guys, and Jonathan Winters, and all the people. And uh, so I hired Pat, and this was toward the last. And he came. He came off the plane, zonked. And I said, well, now you're sober. I know you'll sober up because tomorrow we're going to do the first show. He made one show, and he said, I can't go on. And sort of a sad sad ending to Pat Morita. Very funny man. Very funny. What about Joey Bishop early in your career? Any memories of Joey? Yes. Joey Bishop was uh, – I have nothing against Joey Bishop, where a lot of people said he was tough. Um, we, uh, I, I did his night show. You know who the runner was? Announcer. Regis Philbin. Regis, yeah. Yeah. And he would sort of, hi, hi, I'm Regis Philbin. Thank you. Uh, Joey, you know, it was like that. But um, He was good to you. He was good to me. Joey was very good. To, and when Tom Jones opened up out of um, Wales, Wales, uh, he was a big sensation. And, and, uh, and uh, Joey Bishop and Danny Thomas— <laughs> we're in, uh, no, it's true. We're in the lobby, and I just happened to be there. I was working somewhere in Vegas, and they said, come on, Ronnie, come with us. And they went right down in the front row. So, they, you know, I am, they were very good to me, um, all both of them. And what about Rodney Dangerfield? Rodney, I did his movie. I did a movie with him. Yeah, Rover Dangerfield. A, Rover Dangerfield, yeah. I played his best friend. And very funny. Very funny. I'll tell you, getting respect. I can't do it, but a lot of guys do him. But uh, he was very funny. And Gil, you made a couple of Rodney Dangerfield movies. Yeah, yeah none that one? anyone ever saw. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody ever saw Rover Dangerfield. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this was made around that era of uh, Rover Dangerfield. What was it? Uh I made one that was Meet Wally Sparks. 
And then that at least got released. That's right. It did get released. Sure. <laughs> Nobody saw it, but it got released. And the other one was Back by Midnight, which no, I don't think was ever released. Well, uh, that's understandable because uh, Rodney, we did this film, and it was really good, very well done. Rodney wrote it. If you, it's, I think you can get it at the uh, video stores. Do they still have video stores? No, not really. Okay, well, I'll sell you mine. I've got a couple <laughs> in the car. <laughs> anyway, so the night before it was going to be released, because it really is a good little animated film, he had a big fight with Warner Brothers, and it was never released. So probably the same situation. Oh, interesting. And he could be very temperamental, but he was always hilariously funny. We're just going to throw a couple of names out here. How about uh, Hans Conried? Oh, my God, I yeah. did a movie with him. I did a movie with him. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy D.A. Shaggy D.A., yeah, I played the director. And uh, Hans Conried, he was just a nice guy. Yeah. Phil, Phil Silvers? He's the strongest man in the world? I'll tell you a story about Phil Silvers. Yes. Uh, Phil Silvers, very funny guy. You guys know that. Sure. He Bilko, he was sensational. And I guess he had had a stroke when he uh, did Strongest Man in the World because they had uh, boards for him to Oh, read. cue mm-hmm. cards, yeah. And you probably won't know who I'm going to mention, but I'll, I'll tell you anyway. And one time he, on that set, we were doing, we had took uh, a little, Eve Arden was in that too. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he started crying. And I didn't know what to do, and it, and I said to I can't remember who it was. I said, "What's what's with Phil?" He said, "His best friend died." I said, "Oh no, who is that?" He said, "Rags Ragland. He died <laughs> twenty years ago." <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch! That's a sad story. Oh. Yeah, but Rags Ragland was a an MGM comedian. I think out of burlesque, and he was very funny too. You know Rags Ragland, Gil? Oh yeah. So yeah. he. He was crying as if crying. it had just happened. As if it happened yesterday. Wow. Oh. What about Jack he, Riley? One of my best friends. Yeah, funny man. Did he ever do your show? No. No. no probably too late. We didn't get Yeah, we started I, up too I, late. It's funny. With Jack Riley, he got a whole second career on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno because he looked like that cult leader with the heaven I remember cult. Jack was hoping it was going to be made into a series <laughs> we <laughs> love Jack oh he was such a great guy we just he, had uh, Barry Levinson on we were just talking about him uh, and oh Jack, Barry Levinson Jack yeah. by the way Barry Levinson did you see uh, High Anxiety Oh, oh sure, yes, sure. Yes. Jack Barry Levinson was hilarious in oh, that. Oh, he was. Yes, yes. And Jack Riley. I hope Riley, you're listening, Barry. I need a job. <laughs> yeah. Jack Riley, I forget what they called that character on Newhart. He was like Mr. Mr. Carlin. Mr. Mr. Carlin. Yeah. He was always like the mean guy. Yeah, great. Yeah. Funny man. And as long as they gave him just a few lines, because he, he was hard with lines. <laughs> no, he, would, he could do four or five. But then after that, he'd forget. But he was, yeah, he was. He was a a, a great character. He was called in TV Guide one of the top forty 
character actors on uh, television. Oh, we yeah, yeah, we loved yeah. them. Did you have oh. a softball team with with Jack Riley and Martin? Ten Mull years. And Ten years. John wow. B- John Biner. Those are you just named my pitchers. And Harvey Corman. <laughs> yeah, no, he was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, I had a, a a team in Encino when I lived there. Uh, that's in the San Fernando Valley, and <clears throat> the scene. And I, you know, I wanted to be a baseball player when I was young, and so uh, my wife talked me and said, "Get out and do some softball." And so I said, "Yes, dear." Uh, whatever she says, I called it the War Department, and so <laughs> she. Uh, <laughs> so I formed a, gr- a, a group, m- mainly show business guys. I'll tell you who, who they were, uh, called uh, the the reruns. Yep. And we were there for ten years. We won one uh, one year. We were the champs, but we had people that shouldn't have been there, like uh, Steve Yeager of the Dodgers. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, he he came in and hit home runs for us. And uh, my pitchers were uh, John Biner and uh, Martin Mull. Yep. And my second baseman was Jack Riley. Terrible, terrible <laughs> ball player. <laughs> My shortstop was uh, Steve Yeager. Uh-huh. Who was a real uh, ball player for our Who was a real ball player, He was yeah. a catcher for the a, Dodgers, yeah. yeah. And my left fielder was also a very good athlete, Fred Willard. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. He was great, great athlete. And you played short? Oh, you played, I played uh, first. You played, I played first. first. Right. Played first. And uh, my right fielder was Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he, ran, he ran like an old man. <laughs> And who else? Uh, there was a, an actor who was a star in West Side Story called Tony Medinti. Oh, yeah. He played he played uh, one of the main characters. I knew you'd know him because he's Italian. And, That's uh, right. He's one of my <laughs> heroes. And he played, and he played uh, uh, I think, center field. So I had a, a, a mainly – oh, and what's his name? Played one game. Bob, uh, the guy we mentioned earlier. He does uh, baseball for the oh Bob Euchre, Bob Euchre, yeah. And uh, but I'll tell you, it was tough because when Jaeger threw to first base, that stung. Oh yeah, he's a real player. Yeah. And what was Harvey Corman like, and and just as a person? Well, Harvey was my best friend until uh, the last. Six or seven months of his life, he uh, got very sick. But uh, and we had a little outs together. But I loved him. We because uh, we were both hypochondriac. He was the biggest hypochondriac. <laughs> <laughs> when we, remember that big earthquake in? Uh, uh, oh, you you're not from the West Coast. They had a big earthquake, and I remember his wife told me he jumped up and he said, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" And she, she said, "Go check the children." Check the children. I'm going to take my blood pressure. And he took his blood pressure. <laughs> kind of guy. We would drive out. We would go to lunch, and I would go up to his house, and we would drive out, and there'd be some workmen on the on the street. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, I want you to go around the block twice. I said, why? I think they're going to burglarize my house. Because <laughs> he was paranoid. <laughs> paranoid and a hypochondriac. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I will tell you, I think he was the finest sketch comedian oh, yeah. of all time. Nothing can top 
Blazing Saddles. We were just talking Ed, about it. Oh, yeah. he was Ed great. Lamar. Yeah, he manages to steal that movie, and and everybody in the movie's yes. great. Yes, everyone does their best work, and yet you can't take your eyes off him. Oh, he was just oh, I loved him, but he he was always complaining about not getting enough money, and uh, he was he was a complete neurotic. But I said this, and I think I might have said it the last time. I've never met a successful comedian who wasn't screwed up. Can you name me one? Uh, Maybe no. Art Linkletter. Maybe Art Linkletter. <laughs> you consider That's Art Linkletter a comedian? It, yeah, exactly. Well, he started as a thing at the World's Fair. But um, if you can name me, and I've tested this with everybody, name me one comedian, and the more screwed up they are, the funnier they are. Yeah, I, I, agree. I, it's, I agree. It's something that always worried me about the idea of going to a therapist. That Oh, I – no, you should do it. Yeah, you no. It. <laughs> you really should, Gil. <laughs> but the idea that they might cure something that's oh, causing – that's – you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Gilbert, because I know people that said, oh, I'm not going to a psychiatrist. I, I'll be well, and then I won't have funny thoughts anymore. I know a lot of people have done that. Uh, <laughs> I took I took uh, Jack Riley to an a, 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 a Al-Anon because I'm – well, I'm not supposed to tell you. But anyway, an Al-Anon meeting, you know, Al-Anon. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when it was over, I walked out and I said, now, are you going to come back with me next week? And he said, no, I got it. He <laughs> <laughs> got it once. You never get it. George Carlin screwed up. Oh, yeah. Funny. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Winters. Nobody would – Oh, I worked with Johnny many times, and uh, uh, I had one one other one that's really, oh Robin Williams. Oh yeah. yes, no, yes. Nobody was more uh, screwed up than Robin. Yet he was a genius. I always think of it in terms of like like an oyster uh, is able to make a pearl because uh-huh. there's some irritation Good. there. Oh, that's Good point. Good and point. if there's no irritation, it wouldn't be making pearls. Very good. I'm going to use that and say it was mine. <laughs> I really am. No, I'm serious. That's very true. That's, That's profound, true. Gil. Yeah. You came up uh, with that it yourself? It is profound. Yeah. It is profound. Damn it, it is. But you can't name me one, think about it, one comedian who wasn't screwed up in well, some way. Well, I've always thought that not just comedians, but also like singers. Musicians, yeah. And I think yeah, like probably. a lot of them, they give up drugs and uh-huh. then it's like all of a sudden there's not that fire in them anymore. You're absolutely right. And I think I've worked with most of the singers except I worked with Sammy. I never worked with Sinatra. I was always scared to meet him because he was he could be volatile. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Dean Martin, I never worked with him. But most of the other singers, Tony Bennett, I worked with three times and uh, – Next time I'll tell you a wonderful Tony Bennett story. I don't want to tell it this time. Why not? I, gotta, I have to have something for my third appearance. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> what about Bob Crane? Speaking of screwed up people, Ooh. you worked you worked with Bob Crane. Ooh, yes, I did. Yeah, from Hogan's Heroes. He was on the Heroes. same lot when we were doing Gomer. He was doing uh, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. And the only thing I objected to was if you watch Hogan's Heroes, he was supposed to be military, and he had a pompadour with his hat. And I was saying, that's not military. But you look. You see Hogan's Hero. By the way, last Sunday, I did an autograph show in L.A. And and a little um, um, Robert Clary. Oh, Robert oh, yeah. Clary. Yeah, he's the only surviving he's cast member. 
Will you? We have you done this? Has he done this show? He has not. We're not in a hurry to get him. <laughs> as soon as we've got time. <laughs> he was in. Talk about. He was in the Holocaust. You know. I mean, he was escaped from. His from, family. His whole family in, was killed. Yes, absolutely. In, in Vichy, Vichy, France. But uh, he was very. He was friendly. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? Well, we'll throw some names out at you here. Well, but, but what do you know? Do, were you uh, privy to any of what was going on with uh, Bob Crane, like with those no, sex completely films? Filled. Completely fooled. I even did his radio. He had a radio show that was very popular in L.A., and he was very good, and I had no idea. I mean, that was a complete surprise, I think, to everyone. Yeah. He's in the movie Gus with you. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. we didn't. We didn't have a scene together, but yeah. he was. He played the announcer. Right. What about some of these other names, uh, Ron? Uh, Joe Flynn. Ah, you hmm. were the strongest man in the world. Any of these jump out at you? Keenan Wynn. Yeah, Joe. Joe Flynn was very funny. Very funny. Um, oh, Keenan Wynn. Yeah. Keenan Wynn. I did a, a Gomer Pyle with, and I made it a point to to see him. He was. He was very, very good. Very good. How about Art Matrano? I've worked with Art many times. Is he still around? Yeah, he's still around. We're going to get him on this show. <laughs> I think he's he had a uh, stroke, but or, or no, no, he got beat up. Did Ooh, he in New York? Did he? Yeah, ask him about it. Okay, in, in a parking lot. <laughs> Be sure to do that. <laughs> Don't tell him I told you. How was? Was it a mugging or was it? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, mugging Ooh. or something. Yeah, yeah. He's, in, he's in Levinson's movie. He's in Toys. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What about Paul Lynn? Did you ever work with Paul Lynn? Oh, uh, did I work with Paul Lynn? Yes, I did. Uh, he had a show called Temperatures Rising. Temperatures Rising. <laughs> and I played a guy who was uh, crazy, and uh, <laughs> I got to be I got to be honest with you. I uh, I don't care who knows this. <laughs> that whole week, that whole week, I did not wear my wedding ring because I didn't. It's not that I didn't want him to know I was married, but I didn't want him to think maybe that I might be gay <laughs> so I could get in more parts. <laughs> Everybody in L.A. knows that story. I just the whole day. And, 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 and on the Friday night before <clears throat> the uh, – we finished. He said, Ronnie Shell, come over here. And I thought, oh, Jesus, what's going to do? I don't know what to do. But he came over and he was just being friendly. He was hysterically funny. Yes, very funny, man. Oh, and you worked with Jerry Lewis, haven't you? Once. Did you, did you do a PSA with Jerry Lewis? I might have. Yeah. I think you Pacific did. Southwest Airlines? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. anything? Huh? Of, of no, the only time I remember Jerry, and and I was scared, uh, you know, not scared, but you know, was wary of him because I'd heard a lot of things that he'd be a prick, but he wasn't. He was just he he came to the to the uh, where we did it last time, the improv, and they was do, they were doing a comedy for his telethon, and he was in the audience, and I have film of him laughing hysterically. At me, I don't know if he was faking it, but uh, for him to do that would be uh, even if he was faking it. When it was over, he just came up and said, "Very, very good, very good." 
<laughs> Which reminds me, I did, uh, oh, I haven't seen you since then. Jack Riley just died uh, a couple of months ago. And I was one of the, in Hollywood, you don't, you have roasts of people that are dead. <laughs> do they do that here? Well, Gilbert, they do that you, in New York? You, you roasted our Abe Vigoda when, when, oh, he, when he died. Oh, I roasted him at his funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do that always in, in Hollywood. I've done it. I did it for Pat McCormick. I did it for, uh, uh, who are we talking about? Harvey. <laughs> Harvey? <laughs> Harvey? No. No. Well, Harvey passed. Oh, uh, Jack Riley. Jack Riley. Jack Riley. So I get up, and Mel Brooks, who I've since become pretty good friends with, I like him, and he's a genius, you know that. And uh, so he's sitting right near the, uh, the stage, and I, I just happened to score very heavily that day. And when I, came, when I came off, he said, Ronnie, very funny, very good, very good. And, and I said, why didn't you tell me that 25 years ago when you were casting? <laughs> and he went, <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> but I, I, he, he, he's, a, he's, he's, oh, I'll tell you a, a secret. Uh, it just came out last week. It's not a secret anymore. Do you know he's going to work for Steve Wynn? Have you heard about this? Mel Brooks is? Yeah. No, I haven't you know, heard. He does, he does a show. Yeah. He's going to work two nights at wow. Steve Wynn's hotel wow. in February. Cool. Guess how much he's making for the two nights? Uh, no $2 idea. Two million dollars. Wow. It's good to be Mel. Oh yeah, that, that's not ac- a, a, that's not a, 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 a what was it? Agrophobic? Ac- apocryphal. No. Uh, that was not apocryphal. That's a true story. Hey, Gil's very impressed, Ronnie, that you dated Nichelle Nichols. Yes, of Star Trek fame. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. <laughs> so, so did did you did you fuck her? Did you fuck Lieutenant Hora? You do the math. No. <laughs> No, no, I, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't talk about my women prior to marriage. He's classy. <laughs> yeah, I'm classy, but I, I loved her. I still do. She's still around, and you worked with her. Uh, yeah, still I worked, worked with, with her. her recently on some movie. She's oh, very you? sweet. Very sweet. Well, what happened was in 1959 there was a, a club called Johnny Walsh's 881 Club, and it was owned by this gay guy named Johnny Walsh. And the main floor was, it was sort of funny, the main floor was straight and the bar was completely gay. And they'd have, they'd have glass dividing the, and, and if some good looking guy was on stage, you would all fog up because these guys were, mm, I'd like to get that. <laughs> anyway, so they hired Nichelle, she, she was called Nichelle Johnson, I think, mm-hmm. then, and very attractive. Still is at her age. And so uh, when it was over, uh, not the engagement, but we, we were there a week and she said, Ronnie, uh, you know, I, I know you work the hungry eye. Do you possibly have any connection with Enrico Paducci, the owner? And my eyes lit up. I said, oh, yeah, I do. Could you possibly get me a, an engagement with? I said, yes. But in the meantime, why don't we go out? So that's how I went out with her couple of times and I, I'm a gentleman so I don't speak but 
She was a lovely lady and a good singer. Yes, good singer. And accomplished singer. The last time I saw her, I I was working at Harris up in Lake Tahoe, and she was in the lounge singing. This is about thirty years ago, and I'm crossing the street. I'll never forget that. And she comes across the street with this huge African American who turned out to be her husband at the time. And as she came toward me, she said, Ronnie! And she ran up and grabbed me. And uh, that was the last time I actually saw her. But I know she uh, she and I had a good a good relationship. I liked her. I When I worked with her, she gave me a kiss on the lips. That's nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's nice. Did you fuck her? Did you fuck her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I fucked William Shatner, though. <laughs> Walter Koenig. With or, with, with or without the wig. Would you like to repeat the um, Pat McCormick story? <laughs> Which one? Well, I was hoping you'd have another Pat McCormick story, Ron, other than the helicopter story. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know the story? Oh, well, uh, we, we were doing a commercial together. He, I worked with him a lot. Yeah. And uh, we were doing a commercial up in, in Hollywood, uh, a radio commercial. And at lunchtime, maybe I told you this. It's not that much. But we, we were sitting there. He was he had no whims about He'd go into a waitress and, can I help you? Yes, um, I'd like a, uh, fuck me, a tuna sandwich, and uh, I'd like to eat you. Uh, and and the, the waitresses would go, did he say what I thought? But that was one of his things he used to do. But so we finished, and uh, uh, we went to lunch in this restaurant, and the only other people in the restaurant were three Elderly, elderly, two two women and a man, and they had to be in their nineties. And uh, we're sitting there, and, and finally, after no prompting at all, he got up, went over to their table, and said, "For Christ's sake, try to look better." <laughs> <laughs> There's a also- guy that we wish we'd gotten on this show. Oh. God, yes. So many guests have come on and told Pat McCormick stories. Now, the last time you were on with us, Ron, and we're wrapping oh, did, up. Uh, did did I ahead. tell you about Jonathan Winters visiting him? No. Oh was, that, was, oh, was that when he was he was sharing a room with Stanley Kramer? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> Kelly story. Kelly Berman walked up and said, no, this may be a wrong time, but I, here's my picture and bio. Can you use it? <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and Jonathan Winters, because he, was, he couldn't talk for seven years. Seven years, he was like that. Pat and Pat. Yeah, and and uh, so uh, we used to visit him all the time, and uh, so uh, <laughs> Jonathan Winters walked up, and sat next to him, and said, "This may be the bad time to ask you, but I could use fifteen hundred dollars. Can you loan it to me?" <laughs> I don't know if he got it or not. Jonathan Winter was a yeah. Last time you were here, you said you were going to tell us about Aunt B. Next time, you were going to tell us about Francis Bavier. Did you have something? (laughs) (laughs) Look on his face. (laughs) Why don't we save that for my third appearance? Okay. Because I, she and Andy Griffith, she and Andy Griffith hated each other. She was a tough. How'd you know that? How'd you know that? Yeah. Yeah, she That's true. <laughs> you don't have to tell us. I'll tell you next time. I'll tell you who was one of my best friends. Yeah. Uh, toward the last uh, was Don Knotts. Uh huh. 
Man, he was so – well, you saw Barney Fife. Nobody oh, loved did a character him. Oh, like yes. loved him. But off stage, not funny and didn't try to be. He, he, had a, he had an opening act. He had an opening – well, I'll tell you this. We used to get together, this group of comedians, once a month, and uh, he would come. And he had a very short sketch that he did. Uh, one of the MCs or Sam Denoff or uh, Howie Storm or somebody would get up and say, we have with us a noticed, noted sexologist, expert <laughs> on sexual intercourse and various unsundries, Dr. Don Knotts. Let's have a hand for him. <laughs> Donna was sent out after the applause and say, thank you. I like a red bush and I'll tell you why. <laughs> and you sit down. <laughs> but he could just keep doing it every oh, time. Hilarious. I like a red bush and I'll tell you why. Uh, we could go on, Ron. Well, we will. I haven't told you a lot of stories because <laughs> I want to save it. We got names. For my third appearance. Okay. We got lots of names. Well, okay. Give me one more name and I'll... Uh, let's see. see. I... Uh, either Alan Melvin or Dom DeLuise. I did his show. Lots of, luck. lots of luck. Lots of luck, yeah. Yeah, Bill Persky. Played... Bill Persky and Sam Denoff. That's were, correct. Uh, they produced a lot of shows that I did. And Persky's still alive. He lives there in New York. Oh, we just, no, we, we had, just him had him on the show a couple of times. We just had him. He has an office and doesn't do anything. Did he tell you that? We'll tell him you he said that. He has a beautiful that. office. Huh? Did he say that? He has a beautiful office with secretaries and everything. And I said, what yep. did you do here? He, he said nothing. <laughs> he didn't tell you that? Well, tell, well, yeah, I've been to that office. <laughs> did, you, did you find out what he did for a living? He doesn't. He married very good, though. But, yes, but he still. did. Yes, he yeah. did. Joanna's lovely. Oh, is she? Yeah, oh, I never met her. Very sweet, very lovely. I knew, I met the other five wives, but um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Bill. If you're listening, okay. Now, uh, okay. in closing, <laughs> all right. What? Go ahead. <laughs> in closing, I'd like to know when this is going to be on because I I missed it last time. Well, we'll send it to you. We'll send you the link for the old one. But you how mean, about this one? Well, a couple <laughs> couple of weeks. It's not live now. No, sir. <laughs> I wasting my time. How about McLean Stevenson? As oh. long as I've got names on a card here, I love McLean. I'll t I got a good story about McLean. I'm not going to tell it now. <laughs> McLean was very, very funny. Yeah. In fact, I think I have a story about everybody that you. <laughs> <laughs> I got because names I... all day here. Name me two more. Uh, Dick Van Patten and Vic Tabak. Well, Vic Tabak, uh, I did Alice. Right. You also did Shaggy D.A. with him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, he was a good guy. <laughs> and what was the other one? What was the other guy? Uh, Dick Van Patten. Oh, Dickie I knew for years. Dickie was very, very, very funny guy. He, he was a gambler. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Big, big at the race track. He, Don Adams, and... Uh, and what's his name? Still goes to the racetrack every week. Um, Mel Brooks. Mm hmm. I I and know Dick Van Patten would always pop up in Mel Brooks movies. Oh sure, he's in yeah. My Anxiety. Yeah, they were close. Yeah. Yeah, and he a, had a he has a sister who is a sensational actress. Oh Joyce, Joyce Van, Van Patten. Joyce Van Patten. She's still with us. 
Yes. Oh, we should she's, have her. You should have her because she's great. Be sure to mention that I said that. Will you, you remember Joyce Van Patten? Oh, sure. yes. She worked yes. a lot. Sure, we'll, 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 we'll look for her. You know what she was in? She was in the, the uh, Peter Sellers movie. Uh, okay, I can't remember. But uh, Peter Sellers movie, but she was great. She did a lot of stuff. What about Larry Hovis she, before we go out? Larry Hovis and I worked together at the Horn in Santa Monica. I got about five minutes of his material, and uh, I let him have the rest. And uh, he was from Houston, Houston, and he was Indian. Did you know that? No. We didn't know Jesse White had a glass eye, for that matter. (laughs) Well, don't tell him. Oh, no, he's gone, isn't he? Yeah. He said, I'll keep an eye out for you. No. (laughs) Anyway, um... Well, we'll talk about someone else later. <laughs> so, okay, we'll hang on to those. Yeah. And what was Duke Slater's real name? Um, Gilbert? Correct. Slater. There you go. Oh, Gilbert. wow. Found that in my research. And, but you didn't know this. Yeah. Gilbert Slater was actually an African-American uh, athlete in, at uh, Drake, Drake University. Oh, I didn't know that. During during World uh, uh, not World War Two but early early on, uh, just a little bit of How, how's Jim doing? Do you stay in touch at all? I know he's in Hawaii these days. He's counting his money. Yeah, he's worth forty million. God bless him. Now, do, you he talk has to a him? macadamia farm. He has it? the largest macadamia nut farm in Hawaii, probably the world. And uh, recently, he he sold the farm to the state of Hawaii. And he gets to live there until he passes on, and then they're going to make it a state park. Wow. You talk to him? Yeah, about twice a year. What do you do because this he, What do you do this show, did, Ron? From Hawaii? Yeah. I think he would. Would he? Yeah. Okay. But try. I'm not going to give you his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you. <laughs> no, but if you can get in touch with him— He'll do it. Okay, I know it. If he doesn't have to, if he doesn't have to go anywhere. Okay, you know, we'll we'll give your love to Persky. Yeah, please tell. Oh, oh. I worked with him many, many times. He used to to uh, uh, do a bit with me. I, I'm not going to do it now because it's too late, and I'm tired of this. Uh, <laughs> he would say, uh, uh, "I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, casting a, a Japanese guy. Uh, are you interested?" Oh yeah, but he has an Italian accent. Oh see, oh hey, come on, I get and 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 he would go down the list of all the people that he would do. Ask him about it. I will, I will for sure. All right, we'll um, let this man get. Okay. Uh... Do you guys validate, by the way? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. You check with Ryan. <laughs> okay. I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. With my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and a guest who has a million great stories, but he won't fucking tell one of them. <laughs> He's saving them all for the next show. That's right. <laughs> Ronnie Shell. <laughs> will, will you guys be sure and tell me when this is going to be? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I yes. is, I'll tell all my friends. Uh, friends, uh, excuse me. <laughs> well, did, did you listen back to the first one? No, I haven't. No. Well, we'll send I didn't you, know when it was going to be on. We'll send you the links to this one and to the first one, and you can listen Which to them Which one both. was better, this one or the last one? Well, they, were both, they, were, <laughs> they were both different in their way. 
You're holding oh, out fuck on us. you guys. How's that? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I want to hear the Francis Bavier story. Next time. Ron, you're the best. Thank you for taking the time. Thank uh, you, guys. By the you. way, will this be on within a week? Not likely. Oh, because I'm doing a show. Believe it or not. In, in uh, Danville, Indiana. Okay. On the 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'll tell you what. We'll put we'll we'll post on social media that we talk to you and we'll plug your show. Yeah, it's a, it's called Mayberry Reunion. Okay. And it's you know because I I'm one of the only guys left alive who doesn't act. So they you know all the people oh, that have done the I, Andy Griffith show on on the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. And did two episodes. Aunt B is doing mm-hmm. a commercial, and oh. you're the head of the ad agency. Of yes, course. Right. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I can't remember the name of the the product, but she couldn't do it. Remember, she couldn't do it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, by the way, I haven't heard from Ron Howard in thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me let me make a note of this. You want to hear from Ron Howard and Barry Levinson? Well, Barry Levinson, I I never knew, but Ron Howard, I used to play, he he when he was a little guy, he would we were on the same lot, Andy and Gomer, and he was the only one that, that I was the only one he that would play catch with him. Wow. Do you think it helped? Do you think it helped me? Little <laughs> <laughs> picture. Thanks, Rob. All right. I'll let you guys go. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Get in the winner's circle with Good Morning World. Tuesday night this fall on CBS. Yes, happy is the word for the comedy team of Lewis and Clark. This is David Lewis and Larry Clark. A pair of DJs who explore the comic possibilities of every situation. I run this station like I ran my ship aground. <laughs> Lewis and Clark, show. <laughs> Dave, you better handle this when she's a nut. Well, I'm on this one. Well, all right, it's your wife. Listen, Linda. <laughs> That's Linda, who slaves over a hot stove, while breadwinner Dave slaves over a hot microphone. But bachelor Larry Clark is just a slave to love. Tuesday night this fall, greet the new season with Good Morning World. Joining the CBS color lineup of Doc Terry, Red Skelton, Good Morning World, and the CBS NewsHour. Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Our researchers are Paul Rayburn and Andrea Simmons. Web and social media is handled by Mike McFadden, Greg Kerr, Nancy Chinchar, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to John Murray, John Fodiatis, and Nutmeg Creative. Especially Sam Giovanco and Daniel Farrell for their assistance.